you to think with me for a moment this morning um, about making a difference. And I want to ask you, uh, are, are you, are you making a difference in our world today? Or are you making a difference in, in your family, uh, at school, at work, in retirement, wherever it may be? Or are we making a difference? Are we making a significant difference? In our world around us. Let me begin this way. Two merchants went to a revival service to listen to the preacher. These men were competitors in business, and each one knew the heart burnings that arose in their business life. After some nights, one of them went forward as a seeker after life in Christ. The other one was under a measure of conviction, but unyielding. As he saw his competitor go forward, he said within himself, I will watch him. If he lives it one year, I will believe there is really something in it and will become a Christian myself. For one year, he watched that man and saw a complete change in his business life, social life, everyday life. At the end of the year, the watcher sought and found God and the forgiveness of sins through Christ. He went to the merchant whose life he had watched so closely and said, For one whole year I have watched you, and your life has convinced me there is something real in your Christian faith. That spoke to me this week. That spoke to my heart, and I pray that it speaks to your heart as well. As I began to think about our congregation and the folks who make up our congregation and the age groups and the business folks and the, and the retired folks and, and those who are in school or in college, I believe that some of our greatest challenges we may ever face are in the workplace. And those of you who are retired, your greatest challenges may come in retirement. And, and for our young people in school or, or in college, your greatest challenges may be at your school or on your college campus. Now, <clears throat> I say that in order to say this. You may work in an unethical or morally questionable environment. Young people, you may go to school with people who are not concerned about living godly lives. Or you may even have a teacher who is not a godly role model for you. Whatever the case may be, our vocations, our workplace or our educational journey, I believe in my heart, can be more fulfilling, more rewarding when we follow what God's Word has to say about our attitude toward our job, toward our responsibilities, as we seek to serve the Lord Jesus Christ right here 
and now. Let me read some scripture to us. Find 1 Corinthians, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to read all these passages, and we're we going to get out of here before 12, I promise. Verse number 10. By the, grace of, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality, get this, of each man's work. Flip over to Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. Now listen to verse 12. We do not want you to become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Now flip over one book past Hebrews to the book of James. James chapter 2 beginning with verse 17. In the same way faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action is dead. But someone will say you have faith I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without works is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what? He did. And one last passage, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians 2, 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. The word of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. Now speak to our hearts in this message today. We pray in your name. Amen. Well, what is it going to take to, to be more fulfilling as we follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Well, if you take notes, fill in some blanks here, if you will. Number one, we must work as if we're working for the Lord. Now, we must keep in mind here this morning, church, that we're ultimately serving the Lord and not just people. But if we're serving the Lord, guess what else we're doing? We're serving people. Colossians. 
Colossians reads this way. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it. Not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you do not know, uh, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now, since creation, God has given mankind work to do and as I thought about that I thought about this think about the difference it would make if we could look at our work as an act of worship and as service to God I ran across this this week in in studying and I quote while the world says to work for the sake of your own welfare Jesus says to work out your desire to please him. While the world says to work out to get ahead, Jesus says to work hard to show the world who you are really working for. Now, I'm convinced that working as though we're working for the Lord will change our total outlook will change the total, the whole way that we think and live and function. I know what you're thinking. Well, preacher, my work is unappreciated where I work, at my place of work. It's just unappreciated. Preacher, and, and you don't have a clue as to what I make. I don't make hardly any money. But can I say, can I say this to us? That God promises to give us our full reward where? In heaven. Listen to verse 24 again. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Living to please God rather than man. Second thing we need to realize this morning is this. That, that we must create a spiritual hunger in those around us. Now think about that. Think about your and my example. Is it a godly example? Is it, a, is it a life that ought to be or should be contagious, that we would want to be contagious, that others could catch from us the way that we live? Just the way we live, church, I can tell you, can change the direction of someone else's life. Now, we read in that passage that verse 22 says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. Now, now, now we're not slaves like we, we think of the word slaves. But, but these verses certainly apply to workers and employees today. And we can take it a step further. They even apply to anyone who is asked to do something for someone else. I can't think of a better example than Jesus himself as he taught his disciples over in the book of Matthew listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 40 and 41 Jesus speaking 
And if anyone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Let me take you back to, to those days, that time in which this was written. Roman, Roman law gave soldiers the right to retain private citizens to carry their pack for one mile. But here comes Jesus, and what does he do? He ups the ante. He says, look, let's, let's do a little bit better than that. Let's go over and beyond that request. Let's go two miles. I began to think about that. How often do we go the extra mile? And what happens if we do go the extra mile? Don't you think that attitude, those acts of kindness, will spill over into, into the life of a coworker? To a non-Christian? Students? To someone that's sitting in a desk beside you? Don't you think that would spill over into that life? Well, I love the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says that we are to let our light shine. Matthew 5 and 16. Let your light shine before men. Why? Why does Jesus say that? He he answers it. So that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Create a spiritual hunger. Thirdly, we must strive to be responsible. Responsible. Let me take you over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Folks, that is pretty cut and dried, is it not? I'm convinced that people will respect you, will respect me, will respect the message uh, that, that we have of Jesus and his salvation when they can see in us that we're responsible. Won't you agree that as Christians this morning <clears throat> that we're to strive to be the best worker we can be? Strive to be the best boss that we can be, the best teacher that we can be, the best student that we can be. And as I thought about that, I thought about this. If we don't, then we disgrace the Lord we serve by being less than given 100%. I think of Joseph over in the book of Genesis, chapter number 39. Remember when he was sold into slavery uh, by his own brothers, he continued to work diligently. And his hard work made a difference. Listen to 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, he recognized he had a relationship with God. And that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his 
attended. You see, we can't expect others to take the message of salvation and the message of Christ seriously if they don't see our serious side as well. You see, many times in our life, our faithful, responsible lifestyle will be the greatest sermon someone may see. As Doris Brown said it so plainly at last Wednesday or or a few Wednesday nights ago in Bible study, actions speak louder than words. And lastly this morning, we must not neglect our spiritual health. Now what is that saying? It says a lot of things, but one thing that spoke to me this week, it says this to me, that we're to never place our desire for material wealth above our spiritual wealth or welfare. And let me read a text for us to clarify that. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Now this is the parable that Jesus tells. Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to myself, can't you just hear him saying, self, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> well, God had other plans, verse 20. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Boy, as I read that this week, the teaching of this parable, it's easy, so easy, to allow other pursuits to cloud our spiritual vision. So many people today, you know them, I know them, all they want is enough money to buy this car or that truck or this home, or that home, or to go on the most extravagant vacation. And many times those same people get so caught up in chasing after stuff and things and materialism that they leave God completely out of the equation. But let's be honest this morning. Let's be completely honest. Failure to put Christ first only guarantees the following. Listen, confusion, failure, emptiness, and dissatisfaction. A great preacher closed his sermon with an earnest and eloquent gospel approval. Among the score of more who responded was a woman of wealth and social distinction. She asked permission to speak a few words to the audience. 
I want you to know, she said, just why I came forward tonight. It was not because of any words spoken by the preacher. I stand here because of the influence of a little woman who sits before me. Her fingers are rough with toil. The hard work of many years has stooped her low. She is just a poor, obscure, uh, obscure washerwoman who has served in my home for many years. I have never known her to be impatient, speak an unkind word, or do a dishonorable deed. I know of countless little acts of unselfish love that adorn her life. Shamefacedly, let me say that I have openly sneered at her faith and laughed at her fidelity to God. Yet when my little girl was taken away, it was this woman who caused me to look beyond the grave and shed my first tears of hope. The sweet magnetism of her life has led me to Christ. I covet the thing that has made her life so beautiful. At the request of the minister, the little woman was led forward, her eyes streaming with glad tears and such a shining face as one seldom sees on this earth. Let me introduce you, he said, to the real preacher of the evening. And the great audience arose in silent, though not tearless, respect. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for showing us, God, that we can make a difference. That our life does matter. Thank you for these two stories of influence today and the impact that these people had on another person's life. And God, that's my prayer today, that each one of us here today will be an impact in someone's life, that we will be an influence, that people can see in us that we have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God, in this time of decision and dedication, I pray, God, that we would commit to serving you more, that we would commit to serving you better. Speak to our hearts now, I pray in your name. Amen. Our hymn of dedication, number 390. Let's stand as we sing.